Hello, and welcome to episode eight of the Venture Games podcast. I'm Chris Quaidu, and today I'm happy to introduce my next guest, Molly Fowler, CEO of Dormroom Fund. How's it going, Molly? Thanks for having me, Chris. Very excited to be here. I'm very excited to have you. So just to kick things off, you know, I would love to dive into your background and how you got here. Sure. Um, so I'm, as you know, better than anybody, Chris and I are on the Dormroom Fund team together. Um, so as you know, I'm a bit of a weird back pa- backwards path into venture um, and to Dormroom Fund. So I actually cut my teeth working on political campaigns um, way back in what feels like the dark ages now. Um, and I will tell you, there is no better prep for startup land than working on campaigns. Um, and I, there's like a there's like a blog, you know, a blog we should write someday together, Chris. But it's basically, you know, it's like instead of a instead of a product, you have a person, right? You have mm-hmm. no team, no money, you know, no plans, no data. You have to raise all your own money, spend it wisely, and then you only have one day for your go-to-market strategy. And if you, it's winner takes all. There's yeah. no like two two wins. So it was a great, it was a great experience, something I really loved. And one thing led to another, and that sort of transitioned into government tech policy and that. And so, but one of the things I was most excited about when I got to come work with the dorm room fund gang, um, was coming back to this sort of like hyper competitive work Mm -hmm. hard, play hard, you know, startup-y kind of space. And it's been, it's been a wild two years, um, at DRF since then. So I'm just curious, what are some of the campaigns that you've worked on in the past? Yeah, so I did little local ones and and I'll tell you I I I think it's a cool experience to do smaller ones because mm-hmm. it's a bit like starting at an early stage startup where yeah. everybody's doing everything. Um so I did uh, a city council race in Santa Barbara for the first Latina that was ever elected. She's now the mayor there. Mm-hmm. And I did a a hot congressional race in 2012 out in California and then I actually did the LA mayor's race in 2013 um which was definitely super fun and very, yeah. very, very competitive space, which was a lot of fun. So as you mentioned before, you know, there aren't tons of people who go from politics to VC. And so yeah. what made you want to make this transition? And I know you kind of alluded to it already, but what are some of the skills that you see as transferable going from your old career to your current career? Part of it was that I'm just really thirsty and I like to work with people who are smarter than me. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, one of the things I realized working at a technology company was like, oh, hey, these VCs um, are really the smart kids. And so Mm -hmm. for me, it was purely like, how can I go hang out with the smartest kids (laughs) that I know? Um, But part of it also was just like, I think one of the things that's unique about Dorm Room Fund is that we both are a startup and a VC uh, or a venture fund. And and there's a big part of it that's community building. And so I think for me, it really married all my favorite things together, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, working with really brilliant people um, and getting getting your hands dirty and getting really involved at the early stages of things. I love small teams and with big ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And then I think the other thing is like, you know, we're a volunteer organization at DRF, right? And so there was a lot of things that I had learned about what makes an amazing volunteer organization that can really blossom from a goal-oriented crew into a true community. And I think Mm -hmm. that has happened at DRF and it's been fun for me to sort of pick up that 
that trend and sort of help it continue on its way here with our gang. Okay, and then just taking a step back, for those who yeah. aren't familiar with Dorm Room Fund, what is Dorm Room Fund and what does Dorm yes. Room Fund aim to do? Yeah, it's good. I know. I'm talking to you, so I forget <laughs> that not everybody knows. So Dorm right. Room Fund is the sort of OG in student entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. We were founded back in 2012 by Josh Koppelman mm-hmm. um, and with the idea that there have been just countless amazing companies started on campus, right? Mm-hmm. Everything from FedEx in the 1970s up all the way, you know, the famous ones that we all know, Microsoft, right. Google, Facebook, right? Dropbox, yeah. um, all the way up into things like Luminar, right? Like a billion plus exit in the last mm-hmm. like six or nine months. And so, you know, Josh's thesis back in, in 2012 was if all this great stuff is being started on campus, and it's students that are starting these companies, then clearly students are going to be the ones who are best at finding them. You know, you're going to know who's the incredible engineer who's starting something in stealth, right? In the, in the, you know, CS department or what business school student is, you know, going to crank out like the next, you know, amazing D2C company that's going to be a, you know, Decacorn. Um, And then similarly, students are also going to know who's that joker who's using the same tired business pitch in the last six, you know, accelerators, right? So we're not going to work, we waste our time with him. Sure. So, so Dormant Fund was founded on that idea. And the idea was let's give a set of some of the most talented students in the country, um, the ability to go out and write direct checks into their peers and help mm-hmm. the, the best of the best student entrepreneur, entrepreneurs get their companies off the ground. So fast forward, you know, eight, nine years later, here we are, we are a formidable force. We yeah. accidentally built a, a, a movement, um, but we have had, you know, north of 300 students go through the dorm room fund program as investing partners. We mm-hmm. backed over 300 companies. They're worth well into the billions in enterprise value. Yeah. Um, and we invest into the, at the earliest stages into the best and brightest student entrepreneurs across the country. Um, and we've, we've got four teams doing it. Yeah. So now why would a founder want to take money from a student VC fund, uh, you know, given all the options that are out there today? really good question. I think, and it's an important one. I think one of the things is, is timing, right? We don't expect founders to drop out to take our funding, right? Right. We think that starting a business on campus is actually an unfair advantage, Mm -hmm. right? And so, um, and, and also we're there at the very earliest days. Now, um, you know, there's a few more options out there and I encourage folks to, to go out and take advantage of them. But I think with student, a student VC, we actually really understand what you're going through, mm-hmm. right? We know firsthand what, how hard it is to build a business on campus. The other thing is that you're tapping into, into DRF's monster, monster network, right? And so right. we're now 300 founders deep. We've got an amazing set of extremely talented investment partners on our crew, um, plus all of the alumni that have gone through the program who are now you know VCs and founders across the country. Um, not to mention all the great fun, you know, all the great fun folks that are behind us, right? So folks right. like first round and now as we look towards, um, you know, our future, that may, there may be a few more folks joining in that fund. Yeah. So can you actually talk about the relationship with first round capital? Yeah, absolutely. So first round is our sole LP and, mm-hmm. and is the 
is the sort of, as I mentioned, the, you know, Josh, I joke that Josh Koppelman is the godfather of dorm room fund. <laughs> um, and so for our last three funds, um, first round has been our sole limited partner, which means that they make an investment in our fund from their fund, yeah. um, which is pretty cool. And so this is, you know, real investable capital that first round is entrusting us to, to deploy wisely into some of the right. best startups in the country. Um, but what's really cool about that is that it means that first round puts all their weight behind what we do. Um, and so you're, you know, the, our dorm room fund founders get access to, you know, the first round network, um, you know, get an opportunity to get to know first round partners. Um, and we've been really proud to, you know, sort of grow the DRF universe inside of the sort of wider first round ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned before, you know, it is a student VC fund, but, you know, we're not just playing around writing checks and seeing what happens. You know, there have been some successes and the goal is to make money, of course, uh, to some extent. So what yes. are some of Dorm Room Fund's biggest successes to date? And how do you think Dorm Room Fund was able to identify these investments at such an early stage? That's a great question. So we, as I mentioned, our companies are now worth billions and billions of dollars, which is mm -hmm. very, very cool. Um, and, and we got to know these folks at their very earliest stages. And one really cool one, which we're super excited about um, that we invested in way back in fund one is a company called Fiscal Note. And weirdly enough, Tam, the founder of Fiscal Note was actually tried out to be on the dorm room fund investing team. And I only found out this story recently, but we turned him down because of what he was building in Fiscal Note. We were like, no way, dude, you got to go focus on this business. Yeah. Um, and so you know, we got to know Tim when he was in his earliest, earliest days. And mm -hmm. we're just so excited about what he was building. And, you know, he knew folks on the team and was good friends with, with the gang. And, you know, I think we really recognized that there was amazing value there. And so given what we, you know, how well we knew him, we wanted to support him with actual, an actual check. Um, and so got in really early and it's been amazing to see this one grow into the business that it is today. And they've got some fun stuff in their future that I'm really excited about. Um, you know, and then we've seen companies like Rapid SOS, which is changing the world, and they just raised this monster round, right? Um, you know, I think the coolest thing is exactly what we talked about, which is that we get to know these founders when these ideas are just ideas, right? And and the idea with Dormer Fund is like, hopefully, we're we're giving that initial backing, and as important as the dollars are, I think it's also the investment and confidence mm -hmm. into what into what these founders are building, right? And so, um, you know, we get a lot of it wrong, right? You know, some of our companies are out of business, and you know that's a reality of, of venture investing. But right. every now and then we we find some of the best of the best in their earliest days. And so, you know, companies like Blockstack, companies like um, Capella Space, companies like Athelis, um, you know, that are changing the universe that we live in. And we get to believe them, believe in them when it's still kind of a wild idea, um, yeah. which makes us the best job in the world. And then how do you think about, you know, just the fact that Dorm Room Fund obviously invests very, very early, right? And so there are both benefits, but also some risks inherent to investing at this stage. Um, yes. So how do you just think about the stage of investment uh, generally? And then who does Dormant Funds typically compete against? Yeah, so it's a really fun space to play in, right? And so I think one thing that is that is great about what we do is that Dormer Fund backs a fair amount of founders, mm -hmm. right? We have probably write more checks in the year in a year average year than than most VCs do. Um, and so, you know, it gives us a lot of at bats, um, which is cool. Um, and then we now are going to have a sort of 
firepower to sort of back up those bets, which feels mm -hmm. really great. Um, in terms of the your your second question, which is, you know, who are we competing with? I think at this stage, it's not a zero sum game, mm -hmm. right? I think dormer fund often comes in as one of the earliest checks, but we, you know, we love when our founders go and raise more capital from, you know, rough draft or, um, you know, the, here the folks over at Confluence are raising a fund and, yeah. you know, all the other great, you know, the MBA fund, there's a ton of great players in this space. And, um, you know, I think people realize that the great stuff is happening here. And, and as long as, you know, I, we work with our founders closely on their fundraising strategy. And my advice to them is look, as long as they're getting favorable terms, you know, no reason not to have some of those great players on their cap table. Got it. Um, okay. And then dorm room funds, uh, investing style has been that, you, you know, we write $20,000 checks. Um, but you know, over the years, more and more money has flooded into the space and $20,000 just doesn't go as far as it used to. Right. And so how do you think about the impact of the check size? And then two, how do you think about participating in rounds that traditional VCs are already investing in versus being the very first check-in to, you know, like an even earlier uh, student venture? To answer your question about the check size, I think it's a really good one, right? And I think that, you know, when you look at these multi, multi-million dollar rounds that are out mm -hmm. there being raised by founders right now, and boy, is it a hot market, right? Yeah. Um, 20K doesn't feel like that much, but you right. know, when 20K does feel like a lot is when you're two founders grinding on an idea and you right. burn through your savings and you just need another chunk to help you get through so that you can finish the engineering on, you know, your, your beta, mm -hmm. right. Or your, your MVP. And so I think, you know, we recognize that founders might be in a position where they're not quite ready to go out. You know, they're, maybe they, maybe they're very pre-product, right. They haven't quite put the final, final, final touches on what they're building. Um, you know, maybe they need to spend a little bit of cash to go out and learn a bit more from their market before they sort of make some final tweaks. I think those are the places where our dollars get, you know, used the best. And so it's actually, it's a framework I love that from, that I learned from Finn Barnes, which is like, how do you maximize your learnings per dollar? And so those are the founders that we love to invest in, where we mm -hmm. know that our 20K is going to mean that they're going to learn a ton in the next couple of months. Um, you know, do we sometimes come in in bigger rounds as an angel investor? Sure, right? Sometimes yeah. that we that's just when we get to a founder. But we really love when we can come in and be that very first partner for a founder as they're just getting their, you know, their acts together, especially because for so many student founders, this is the first time they're raising money and um, the venture world has its own quirks and weirdnesses and language right. that, you know, when you've been around for a while, you start to learn. Um, but for a lot of founders, this is the first time they're navigating that process. And so to have folks in your corner, like the, your dorm room fund partner and, and me and the, and the gang can be a really helpful leg up, both in terms of thinking about how to structure a raise, thinking about how much money should you raise thinking about like, who do I even start with? Right. Mm -hmm. And so having folks that have been through that process before can be a really big game changing addition. So we've kind of talked about this a bit, but you know, one of the big benefits of both being part of dorm room fund, but also receiving an investment from dorm room fund is just the extensive network, you know, both dorm room funds network and first rounds network. Uh, so could you yeah. just talk a bit more about the network generally uh, and all the benefits that it provides. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, the biggest one is the founders, right? Mm -hmm. And, and that something you hear over and over and over again from founders that we've worked with is there is no more valuable friend when you're building a company than another founder, right? right. Um, because, and I love this, I was talking to Tony Iloko, one of our founders recently, one of our alumni recently, who's also a founder, about how being a founder makes you a little bit crazy, <laughs> right? When there's, when there's a lull in the conversation, you know, with someone, the first thing you think of is, is your business, right? And, right? and you might space out in the middle of, you know, talks or classes, because you're thinking about how to solve that, like nagging thing that's on your brain. And so, you know, I think having someone else who gets that, like both sort of level of intensity and the emotional experience of building your own company mm -hmm. is, is, the highs and lows are high and very low. And so having other friends who can emp truly empathize with you and who've been through that process, I think is a really big deal. But also there's the tactical thing, right? You know, they know how to open up their business, you know, business banking account or, right. you know, have figured out how to best use their lawyers or, you know, figured out this one great hack that helps them hire incredible engineering talent. And so mm -hmm. I think one of the big things that we love at DRF is that, Again, because we come in so early, um, you know, founders founders feel emotionally committed in a lot of ways to the DRF community. Yeah. And so got a lot from the experience and so want to give back. And so it's always a treat to introduce, you know, our sort of newest founders, some of our older founders who've, yeah. who've been through the ringer a little bit. Um, so there's that. I think it's also the amazing, you know, dorm room fund partnership, mm -hmm. um, which Con, you know, constitutes a crew of, you know, I would say like the elite of the elite, right? We, we only accept, and Chris is blushing, you guys can't <laughs> see this, but <laughs> we only, we only accept about 3% of the students that apply to the program every year. And mm -hmm. they're from really diverse and interesting backgrounds in terms of where they've gone to school, where they've grown up, what, what they've worked on in the past. And so, you know, it, it, we have, world champion halo players like Chris here, um, you know, but we also have folks that are like, you know, maybe a little less gaming oriented, but sure. are, you know, who do incredible things across the world, who've started businesses, who've, who's, who've, you know, worked in weird, weird industries, who get down and geeky on some of the, you know, most esoteric things. Like we had a presentation from one of our, one of our alums on, how he worked on the development of an apple cultivar. Um, so shout out to Alex Wendland. Um, so punchline is like, there's someone in this in this network who has worked on or is nerdy about the same thing that you are as a founder. So mm -hmm. I think that's the other thing. And then the third thing is, you know, is our amazing alumni um, who have gone through Dorm Room Fund, had this shared experience, and then have gone on to go, you know, be incredible investors at some of the best funds in the country. You know, I'm thinking of Talia um, at Bessemer. I'm thinking mm -hmm. of Christine at Excel. I'm thinking of, you know, Alex at um, Andreessen and our very own Nash, who was at First Round and is now at a First Round company. Um, but, you know, those folks have a wealth of experience that they can bring to the table and are always excited to meet and get to know DRF founders. Um, and so, you know, it's a big, big, warm, happy family. And yeah. we're, we're always excited to bring new founders into the fold. Mm -hmm. So shifting gears, I'm just curious about this. Did you ever want to work more on the investing side, um, like as more of a traditional VC? And then did you ever consider actually joining a traditional VC? <laughs> uh, I like your line of questioning. 
Um, I think that I have the best job in the world and that's because mm-hmm. I get to do a little bit of both, right? I get to um, help make this community work, right? I keep the trains on time and, yeah. you know, be supportive as I can and get to know the most amazing folks going through um, what I think is the most, is most incredible program possible for someone who's in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get to work with our incredible founders very closely. Um, and so I learn firsthand from them on what they're working on, you know, and then, you know, moving forward, like, yeah, I think that I, I get to work with our investors on the student teams as they make decisions. And so I'm learning and going, you know, along the way too. So, right. So far, so good. And uh, if things change, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> okay, so, you know, this is something you and I have talked about a lot. And it's something, you know, that's kind of personal to me. And I've spoken about it a bunch, uh, sort of publicly, right? But VC historically has had this just like horrendous uh, issue with uh, with diversity, right? Like something like yeah. I know, 80% of VC investors are white. Um, you know, they're mostly males you know, something like 50% went to either Harvard or Stanford at some point, which I think might be the worst of all of these stats. Actually, yeah, it's, it's hard It's hard to decide which is the worst one, but I think that one certainly is disgusting. <laughs> Anyways, so how do you think about, um, you know, the diversity challenges in VC generally? Um, and, you know, are you optimistic about the future? Yes, I I think I am optimistic about the future. I'm with you that this industry is wild, right? <laughs> um, and and we've jammed on this before. Yeah. But I think the the thing that I'm most excited about is that like I think DRF has a really important role to play mm-hmm. in this e- ecosystem, which is that there really is no better path into venture than going through a, something like Dharma Fund. Um, and I and I'm obviously a little biased. <laughs> I think we're the best one, but. Um, you know, that, and, and, and the numbers bear that out. 30% of our alumni have graduated into jobs directly in venture, Mm -hmm. um, which is a huge percentage when you think about the number of students that have gone through the community. And so I think that DRF sits in this really unique position where we can play a very active role over the years in diversifying the faces at, at partner tables. Right. And especially when we, you know, over the last year, I've been a little heartened at, you know, the fact that people are starting to pay attention to this, right? I think that the the experience with the George Floyd murder this past summer really opened a lot of people's eyes in a meaningful way. Um, and so we've heard a lot about like, you know, make the hire, send the wire in yeah. the VC community. Um, but, you know, I think change moves really slow mm-hmm. on that front, right? Especially at the partner level, you're only hiring, you know, maybe like one partner every, you know, couple of years. Right. Um, whereas dorm room fund cranks out, you know, 30 graduates a year from mm-hmm. our program, um, you know, a, a big percentage of which are going right into BC. And so just from a pure numbers game, we're, we're at this amazing point of leverage. And so I, right. I think it's a personal responsibility for me and everyone in the DRF community to make sure that DRF looks like the rest of the country and, and plays a role in, making the kind of change that we want to see, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's something that that I've spent a lot of time thinking and working on since I've joined DRF and, um, and continue to be inspired by what the members of our community make possible. Yeah, so, you know, as part of this commitment of yours and of uh, dorm room funds, you know, I know there are these 
programs that take place over the summer, you know, that you've put together, one of which yes. uh, I actually went through the first class. It's called the Blueprint Investor Track. Uh, there's also the Female Investor Track, the Female Founder Track, and PRISM, which is new this year, uh, which aims to increase representation and just knowledge for members of the LGBTQ community. And so first, just starting with Blueprint Investor Track, what is Blueprint Investor Track uh, and why did you decide to put it together starting last year? Yeah. Oh, great question. Well, obviously, super proud of what we've achieved because you're on the team, Chris. But um, so Blueprint Investor Track was was really the the brainchild of uh, Jean-Claude Dorsanville. Mm -hmm. um, he and I were sitting together in the first round offices in September. Um, I guess that was wow, over a year ago to almost two years ago. And he and I looked at each other and we were like, how did we get here? That like everyone in the final interviews, um, you know, not everyone, but it was not as representative yeah. of what we had tried to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so Jean-Claude and I, you know, sat there and we're like, how can, what can we do to like really change this? Jean-Claude did what Jean-Claude does best, which is that he turned talk into action. Yeah. And so over the year, he, he basically put together this amazing program, which we set out essentially to provide a road in to VC for people who, who have the talent and have the skills, but might not look at venture and say, Hey, that's for me. And mm -hmm. gee, I wonder why when it's as pale and male and stale as we talked right. about. Yeah. So blueprint, we, we were building on, um, the success of what um, Mario Ruiz and Courtney Andrews had built the year previous with Blueprint Founder Track, mm -hmm. right? Which was the idea was like, let's give specifically support to founders who identify as Black, Latinx, and Indigenous and say, hey, we really want you to succeed. We know your company's awesome, but it's harder for you to raise capital for a zillion dumb reasons. So mm -hmm. let's see what we can do to sort of help juice your, your model. And so what we did was we, we sort of built on Mario and Courtney's success and, and Jean-Claude turned this into this monster, amazing program where we had um, 30 students, a mix of undergrad and MBA and PhD and all that fun stuff go through and, and get to learn firsthand from some of the best VCs in the industry. And to get to ask those dumb questions like, what is VC? Like, how does this asset class work? Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just like sitting in a room and like picking cool founders, right? right. Like understanding just how hard it is to, to get success in this industry and learning all the pieces that go into making, making a successful VC career and learning from folks like Kanye Makvela and Lo mm -hmm. Tony. And, you know, we had um, just a ton of incredible people and Freedom, which k swung swung by, and we had Lily from k and, you know, mm -hmm. Richard Kirby and all these amazing humans. Um, but basically what we ended up the year with was exactly what we set out to do, which was 30 talented humans who now, you know, knew their way around the VC universe. And um, that was obviously a great place for us to go and find dorm room fund partners um, mm -hmm. that next fall. And so we're proud that there are eight members of the of the Blueprint team on Dira this year, and mm -hmm. we hope to continue that trend. And so we're bringing back Blueprint this summer. So super excited about that. Yeah. So just following up on that, you know, at least for my personal 
experience going through blueprint the mentorship was like by far the most impactful uh part of the experience you know i i've talked about this before but chris fralick board partner at first round who is actually my last podcast guest is a mentor of mine who i met through blueprint and this relationship has just been extremely impactful to me in my career and so how do you think about uh mentorship Uh, It can be in Blueprint or just generally, but how do you think about mentorship and the important role it's going to play as far as changing uh, some of these trends? Because, you know, I've had people like senior people in VC who claim to not understand why the diversity issues are this way, right? And they ask me, like, what are some things that you can do? But, you know, I think only some people are willing to really take the time and effort to make these changes happen you know, through their own efforts. Right. And so I know I'm yeah. kind of rambling there, but uh, no, no. Yeah. So how do you yeah, think about I, I, the role of mentorship? I think it's central to it. Right. And I think that that was one thing we learned from blueprint investor track this summer was that, was that the mentorship is everything, right. We mm-hmm. can, you know, pump you full of details about, you know, how this works and the power law venture and, you know, what to look for in a great founder and all that stuff. But if you don't get the opportunity to get looked at, right, for roles, and if you don't know that people are hiring, and if you don't know where to look and where to go and who to meet, you know, that that's all just like hot air, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things that we were super excited to do last summer, and we'll do again this summer, is to bring in some of the best of the best in the business to really to be that helping hand. Right. And so mm-hmm. like Chris Freilich, for example, was super fired up to be a part of this community. And yeah. it's a pretty light ask, right? I mean, it's spend an hour a week, you know, or 45 minutes a week right. with somebody who's super talented and who wants to just learn about you and your world. Right. Mm-hmm. So and for any of us who have a grain of ego, right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a pretty easy ask. Yeah. Um, Which is a like, lot in venture. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> But I think it's the thing that makes the biggest difference. And so yeah. I've heard over and over again from, from graduates of that program and from other programs that how just how important that is. And I think that's also part of the reason why the DRF model works, right? Is that it's one thing to be a, it's one thing to support and, and help educate. It's another thing to be a true committed mentor, even right. better, a champion, right? Because mm-hmm. there's also this set of folks who show up and answer questions and like, yeah, that was interesting or whatever. And then there's like the Chris Freelix of the world who actually act as your champion and who right. say, hey, you know, Chris Quaidu would be an amazing person for this role, right? right. Have you considered him? Um, and so I think it's it's about it's about taking the time. It's about putting your money where your mouth is, frankly. Like, I think a lot of folks talk about making change, but don't actually commit and do it. And I think that one of the most powerful ways is like, if each one of us in this industry just took the time, right. To pick one talented person, maybe one person a year, right. Mm -hmm. To just say, Hey, I want to get to know you. And I want to understand what your goals are. And I want to see if there's anyone in my network that could help you do this. right? Right. And and we, you know, we work in a people business, so mm-hmm. there's no reason why we can't be using those Rolodexes, not just for great deal flow, right, but also to help people get their start in, in right. an industry that they'll really thrive in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you know, last thing I'll say on this, I just want to, you know, emphasize the point that you made that, you know, I recently went on uh, Clubhouse with Chris, actually just like on uh, mentorship and VC and the value of it, right, and like having the mentor actually be committed and like caring if you're successful or not makes such a big difference, right? Like the difference between like, hey, I'm just going to show up, which by the way is, there still is some value there, right? Like obviously I wouldn't, you know, that's not the ideal mentor, but 
you know, a, a few conversations can have a huge impact on someone, right? But when you go the extra step and you're like, hey, I'm going to feel good when this guy succeeds feel bad when he doesn't you know all those other things and just that extra <laughs> yeah. level of commitment uh, yeah. just makes such a big difference um so just real quickly i just wanted to you know plug the blueprint investor track which i went through last year um i'll be heading it this year uh, with jared barnes that's who, right yeah, yeah with, with jared our boy jared who's another great example of, of successful mentorship right carter absolutely. from m13 stepped up to um mentor jared and Jared just accepted a very cool role at a very cool venture firm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're very excited about that. Yeah. So just want to get the dates out there. So the application just recently went live uh, about a week ago. It's open until May 21st. You know, we want as many applicants as possible. Um, you don't need to have experience, though you can have experience. You know, going back through the notes on myself last year, there were concerns I might have too much experience. But, you know, again, this <laughs> This program uh, had a very big impact on me, right? So I'd say anyone, if you just want to learn more about venture or accelerate your career, you know, please please do apply. Um, you know, we have a number of different tracks: Blueprint Investor Track for uh, underrepresented minorities, so Black, Latinx, Indigenous, Female Investor Track for females that want to learn more about investing, female and non-binary. Found... Oh yeah, and, and non-binary. Non- yeah, and non-binary. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Fe- Sorry, Chris. No worries. No, it's important to get that out there as well. Female founder track for females and non-binary people who want to uh, learn how to be better founders. And again, PRISM for people in the LGBTQ community. And, you know, Jared wanted me to plug this tagline that we're toying with Blueprint Investor Track, right? Like we want to remove luck from the equation as much as possible um, and just build more of a pipeline for underrepresented people to get into venture. Uh, so that's my spiel on, on all the different tracks uh, that we have going on. Yeah, and I hope a lot of people apply. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this year. I think we are really um, standing on the shoulders of giants to shout out to um, Javi and Isabel, who um, ran last year's female founder track, Shohini Gupta, who was the brains behind that, um, as well as... Um, of course, the the magical Jean Claude and mm-hmm. um, Courtney and and Mario, but sort of having the experience of running these programs a few times, we we've got a good sense of what works and what doesn't. So come come benefit from our from our perfection here on our yeah. end, and make it better too, right? Like that's part of the goal as well. Done with the shameless promotion, you know, but we we had to get it out there. Um, <laughs> so just as a concluding question, Molly. Um, you, you know, you're still relatively early in your your uh, days at Dorm Room Fund. So going forward, you know, what do you want to achieve at Dorm Room Fund? What do you want Dorm Room Fund to look like going forward? And how do you want to impact the VC uh, industry going forward? That's a great question. Um, so I think I think a couple of things. One is that, you know, I want to keep backing the most talented student founders out there, right? So if you're thinking of building a company, and you're enrolled, give us a holler. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, and I'm really excited too, as we grow as a community at what this looks like in the future, right? That pretty soon the folks who, you know, might get written off as like a 20 something who doesn't know what they're doing all of a sudden, when we all graduate into the real world and, you know, we now have students that went through dorm room fund almost a decade ago, right? Those folks yeah. are out in the world and are, are becoming big wigs that, it could look like a very different universe when when DRF is out in the world um, and and running things. So super excited to see that. I think I, I can't wait to 
continue to build on some of our success with helping the VC industry look, look a little different and feel mm-hmm. a little different. And, and then also, I think we've got work to do in terms of helping more people identify themselves as founders, right? There's, there's nothing more awesome than building something from scratch, yeah. right? And so any role we can play in helping more people do that, I think is a, is a real win. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, Molly. You know, again, thank you for the impact that you've had on my career as well. And thanks for <laughs> taking the time <laughs> to do this. You have. It's okay. <laughs> thank you, Chris. Um, thanks for having me. This was super fun.